Welcome to the Sisterhood of Secrets, where we explore the world of weird. Hey guys, welcome back to another episode of Sisterhood of Secrets. I'm Stephanie. And I'm Taylor. Guys, we want to thank you from the bottom of our butts. What is that from? I don't know, but it sounded funny. It's from something. I've heard that. Um, Anyway, we want to thank you for all of the new followers. We've had so many this week. We appreciate it. And I know that Taylor talked about last week how she wanted some merch and she needed a reason for it. And I feel like we got a reason. So we're working on it. And also our Instagram following. Um, if all of you, if you actually listen, some people just follow stuff. They don't actually listen. Yeah. Um, if you want to go like follow our actual podcast accounts. Yeah. That would be bomb. Yeah. And you might even enjoy us because we're pretty great. I mean, Stephanie obviously does fantastic artwork because she <laughs> makes the post because let's be real guys. If I did it, it would look like a toddler did it. Yeah. Um, I'm the caption gal. That's all I got. And the word lady. Yeah. She's got the words, but she's got the words. All right. <laughs> but if y'all just like wanted to listen and follow, that would be great. Because if you're going to follow our Instagram account, you might as well. Jump on into Spotify. And Amazon. And Yeah. You know. So we uh, we have created a website that we're going to be sharing soon on our social media so that you guys can directly see where you can listen to the podcast. There's lots of places that you can. And you can also see some merch. So we've been making some merch and we have some shirts and some hoodies and some stickers and stuff. They're going to come out. So check it out. But this week we're going to continue our spooky topics, right? I don't mean to interrupt you, but I love how you say we. I know. We've been doing this. You know, it's a team effort. I, I support you wholly. Thank you. Thank you for the support. Draw, man. Yeah. There's a lot that goes into that. But anyway, it's fun. It's fun. It's a labor of love. So this week we're going to continue with another spoopy topic that Taylor has already laid out for us. She's got all the things listed here that she wants to talk about this this October and spooky season, I guess. September. September. Dude, it's two weeks before October. God, it's really October should just be two months long. I agree. September seems like just... a waste. I mean, yeah. The only thing it's got going for it is that song. September? Yeah. Wake me up when September ends? No, what is it? <laughs> That's what I think of. No, it's September when it was not. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Anyway. Bared with me with the Twilight theme song. That's true. You're I welcome. I can't believe anybody didn't be like, man, my ears are bleeding. Um, I can carry a tune. Just y- not, you did great. You did great. Not when I'm stuffy. Yeah. So this week we're going to talk about the Conjuring House, and let's let's get into it. We ready? Yeah, I mean, everybody knows what the Conjuring House. Well, before it got famous from the movie The Conjuring, it was the Harris. It's known as the Harrisville Haunting, which is the county that the house is located in. But most people refer to it as a Conjuring House. Yeah, because I mean, the movie made it famous. Yeah, and all the books and all of the things. Yeah, so. and the press tours and everything that family went and the on. Warrens. They all made it. Like, super famous. Yeah. So, the Conjuring House was once known as the Arnold House because the Arnolds owned the house and the property and everything, and it was built in the 1700s. Yeah. Around 1700s. So, the Arnolds owned this 200-acre property and the dwellings for over 10 generations. Over that span of time, numerous deaths occurred on the property, which kind of makes sense. It's a long time to own a piece of property. People die. Yeah, but they were violent deaths. It wasn't like just your normal everyday. True. Like, 
True. Granny Momal passing away of old age. Right. So according to the Black Book of Blurville, which is a crazy thing to call, it's the record keeping book from that time period. They literally call it the Black Book. And it's an old book. And it was handwritten, obviously, at the time. I love they have that. Computers. Honestly, I would like. Yeah. We should start keeping death records. In a black book? Yeah. Okay, just, hey, do you know anybody who's passed away for you? No, I'm for our family, Dill. Oh, I gotcha. No, but this is like for the town, the community, not know, just the Arnold's. That was a small town. We can't, we can't be doing that kind of shit. <laughs> That's too much work. I mean, I got enough going on. You got artwork to do. I got to like... <laughs> birth a child here soon oh yeah i gotta do that yeah that's on the list of things that you've got to get done so 10 arnold family members were killed in this span of time okay so the deaths include two hanging suicides on the property near the house in the house i don't know um a poison suicide seems terrible i don't know two drownings and four men who froze to death yeah and then there was a girl, she was an Arnold girl, and she was raped and myrtle, murdered. Myrtled? Myrtled? She, sorry. <laughs> she was raped and murdered, but her death happened in another place, but she was an Arnold, so I feel it like It happened should... on the property, but she died somewhere else. She died in Massachusetts, from what I read. Yes. I think there's some... Something back and forth about it, because I don't... Some people think she wasn't even anywhere near the homestead, so... But she did pass away from these things. Yeah. Regardless. And I feel like this, this horrible, all these tragedies, I can't talk today. All of these tragedies come together and they just create the perfect atmosphere for like the best haunting slash ghost story ever. Well, later when we talk about the haunting, I'm going to mm-hmm. elaborate why all these deaths happen on the property. Because mm. it's spoopy. Well, give us some, give us some info. Some spoopiness. I'm going to talk about the uh, haunting itself, which... If you've, I don't want to rely heavily on the movie because obviously it's a movie. So some things were exaggerated. But if you have ever read the book or listened to any interview by um, Andrea Perone or Perron, mm-hmm. she is one of the five daughters that lived on the property um, from 1970 or 71 to 1980. And that's what The Conjuring is based on, is this family, the Perone family. If I'm saying it incorrectly, sorry, I'm going to keep saying Perone because I like it. Yeah. And. <laughs> Seems right. I mean, I, I don't. I don't know how else you would say it. Mm-hmm. Anyway. So the mom and dad moved in on this property because they're like, oh my gosh, you got 200 acres and we got five damn kids. This is perfect. Yes. And they were all, I think they're, yeah, they were all daughters. They were. So one girl in particular, not the girl that wrote all the books and does all the interviews, Andrea, um, she was uh, attacked more than everybody else. And I think she was uh, one of the younger ones. And she was attacked by a benevolent or benevolent spirit in the home. So there's other spirits in the home. There's like creaking, cracking, you know. The typical haunting. The typical haunting thing. Footsteps, whispers, things like that. So, one, I guess you would call it like a poltergeist situation. Yeah. Um, An entity that's attacking the living. She was, well, they surmised later that it's a female spirit. Anyway, I'm, so I'm going to say she a lot. So, she would attack the daughter, would possess the daughter, would scratch the daughter. I mean, like, would beat the shit out of this kid. Yeah. And her she bed would, would levitate, right? Yeah. It's crazy <laughs> she stuff. She would levitate off of her bed. And she was always, like, crawling around. Like, there was one report where one sibling said she was crawling on the ceiling. Oh, my I don't know gosh. how true that is. But, um, No, thank you. <laughs> Stephanie would have just shot me. 
uh, I would have pooped my pants and had a stroke. So I don't know if any, I wouldn't be able to like retaliate. <laughs> so there was one like hot spot in the house that pe- they, the family would stay away from, which was like the cellar. Yeah. And, and it was like a dirt floor cellar. So that makes it even scarier, you know? Like, yeah. I mean, it was made, the house was completed in 1736. Mm-hmm. And they just kept adding on to it. It was a 14 room home. Yeah. So I guess you just like. Over the years, they just kept adding yeah. and adding. That's kind of what happens with all older homes. People just have to make well, room. They had all those freaking kids, man. Well, I don't know. Did the prones actually build onto the home? No, but people in that time, like, run the farm and oh, stuff. They had all yes, those children. You're right, they had to you're be right. housing people. And then you had, like, workers and stuff. Yeah. Anyway, so the dad would always say, like, we'd only go in the cellar when it was, like, storming or the power went out because that's, it was like a, if you've ever been underground, like in an underground cellar. It stays an even keel temperature all year. Mm-hmm. So it's probably warmer in Rhode Island in December <laughs> underground than it is outside. Yeah. And that's where they would all go. So he would say that while they were in there, you would hear voices. You would be touched. You would be pushed. But they had nothing else they could do because they had to survive. I guess they didn't have a car. and <laughs> They couldn't go somewhere else. Well, and then I think that when you're going through something like that, like you're you're trying not to they pretending like it didn't. No, no, they acknowledged it. Yeah, they completely acknowledged it. And then a lot of people are like, "Why did they just move?" Well, you know, some people just don't have the ability to just pick up and move to a new location. Like that takes a lot of money. They spent a ton of money during that time. I, I'm I'm guessing it was a ton of money. Yeah. Um, on this home and everything else, so they're not just gonna pick up and leave. Let's be real. You can't, I mean, that seems crazy. Unless you just have lots of monies, then. Yeah, whatever. most people, I mean, that's just not feasible Especially for with someone who has five children. Uh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Anyway, so they had put, like, everything they owned in this house. They ain't leaving. Mm-hmm. But as they, like, like, the longer they stayed, the worse it got. At first, it didn't start out with, it just started out with, like, the creaks and the groans and stuff. And then the poltergeist activity just got worse and worse and worse. And then... This catches the eye of Ed and Lorraine Warren, which everybody knows who that is. And they ask them to come in and investigate. So they come in, they investigate. And sometimes, I don't know, it's really hard for me to talk about them because they've lost so much credibility. Yes, a lot of things have come out of the dark about the Warrens, mainly Ed. Yeah, Ed, I mean, he's a weirdo. Yeah. But... They would come out to the property and they they would do an investigation. And if they thought like you had actual spirit activity, they would tell you if they were like, "Mm." well, Ed claimed to be a demonologist and that he could rid your house of demons or he could, he could tell you if a demon was there. And then Lorraine claimed to be a medium so she could contact these spirits and speak with them. It's very strange to me that these two humans found each other. Mm -hmm. Very strange. But I mean, for television and like movie sake. It's a fantastic storyline. They're like, it's awesome to watch mm-hmm. if you like scary stuff. But like in real life, I don't think that's how it was. But they go out to the property and Lorraine walks around the house. She doesn't really say much. She does more of like a feeling or like a, you know, she's reading the room mm-hmm. literally. Yeah. And Ed does more of like the, um, what would you call that? Interrogation, I yeah. guess. Like, you know, yeah. getting the story and everything else that goes with that. Mm-hmm. So while Lorraine's walking around, like it's like in the movie, right? In the movie, she walks in the backyard and she sees some bitch hanging from a tree. Yeah. All right. That's not, that doesn't happen in real life. 
No. She just goes in and she can hear all these spirits and she people that have them. died and they're not happy and they're mm. in pain. And then she see or I guess sees or feels the malevolent one with which is the one that's attacking the little girl and the little girl is like traumatized. And the one that they uh sorry that they are claiming is the bad one is her name is you're gonna have to work with me on this. Bathsheba or mm-hmm. Bathsheba. Mm-hmm. So Bathsheba. I have a hard time. It's the she. The she. It's a and the she. <laughs> too close together. <laughs> but she. My tongue is having a stroke. Mm, excellent. So she was actually a real person. Yes. And she lived in the area, not on the property, but in the area. I think she was a neighbor. Um, they didn't keep good records back then to actually know. But and also because she was a woman. Yeah. That was not a. Nobody gave a shit. Let's be real. So they think it's her because she supposedly quoted her name. And, you know, they're like, hey, who are you? Which, in my point of view, I'm not asking that question. I'm leaving. Yeah. Yeah. Not asking your sign or nothing, Mm -hmm. your birthday. I don't want to know. I'm Audi 5000. Okay. Yeah. If I'm speaking to somebody who's no longer on this realm, this is getting too wild for me. Dude, the the little girl, her description of Bathsheba is terrifying. She describes her as being a, like, average height woman, but very thin and frail and pale. And her hair was, like, covering her face, but it was, in like, it was dark and it was, uh, she compared it to cobwebs coming out of her skull. That's disgusting. With black, soulless eyes. Excellent. Just the person I want to be having sleepovers with, you know? Yeah. That's just the lady I want at my house in the middle of the night. Mm-hmm. I don't. I don't, I don't even want to think about that. If mm-hmm. I oh, if I open my eyeballs and I saw that, this is it. I'm out. First of all, I'm gonna make sure I'm actually still like I'm actually awake. I'm gonna try to do something to make sure this is not in my head. Like Are I'm not you dreaming. Awake? And if I am awake, I'm shit in the bed and I'm screaming. Yeah, a lot of stuff's gonna happen all at once. Things and, that I can't control. And if Brady even catches a glimpse of it, he's dead. So I'm done. <laughs> Poor Brady. So, anyway, back on Bathsheba. Her actual name was Bathsheba Sherman. She had a husband. His name was Herman. Herman Sherman? I think. Get out of here. No, that was the son. Damn. Oh. Herman Sherman? That would have been so cool. <laughs> she was born Bathsheba Thayer, but her mother was an Arnold. Gotcha. So, she was a member of the Arnold family. Somehow. God yeah. bless. Well, I'm, I'm sure there was lots was of them. It all convoluted back then. Yeah. But she was born in Rhode Island in 1812. And married, sorry, Judson Sherman. They had a child named Herman. Man. Herman Sherman? What were they thinking? <laughs> I don't know. It's the only one. Anyway, well, let me get to this. So they were married in Thompson, Connecticut in 1844. And they were married by like the local justice of the peace. So Bathsheba filled the role as like a housewife to her husband. Judson was a regular old farmer, you know. Working the land. Which, I mean, what else would you do at that time period? You could be a cobbler. Anyway. <laughs> Man, I want some cobbler I'd be eating now. cobbler, yeah. Was, so, anyway, Judson, uh, a really, he, like, they did well. They yeah. were fairly well-off people. They were not, like, shack people. Right. And so, she was also an Arnold, and I feel like most of them were pretty well-off. Like, uh, she came from a family that had some things. She married, probably married in, like, a moderate, you know. Yeah, she they was, were, they were, like, an even class. Like, she was yeah, a normal girl. Yeah, like, she, they weren't wanting for things. No. Um, so, 
They had a son named Herbert, not Herman, sorry. Herbert you have ruined it. Sherman. And he was born uh, when Bathsheba was 37 years of age in 1849, which I don't know if you know this back then. That was like unheard of. Wow. And the reason he was born so late is because they had three children before him that all died. Like they were earth and died? Like they, they were all, already they here? All, they were already here. Oh. They never lived past the age of seven. All three of them. That's rough stuff. Um, so there's like no census records, you know, obviously. It was a long time ago. Of any of these people. And I think they only did a census every 10 years. Mm-hmm. So is that how we do it now? I don't know. I'll be honest with you. I mean, when's the last time somebody was like, hey, who are you? Well, they used to go door to door. That's don't true. Do I don't anymore. think they do that anymore. I feel, I feel old saying that. I know. I know. You door to door? That would come door to door and sell you encyclopedias? Uh, I had a lot of encyclopedias. Yeah, because mom bought them. I had to know everything, you know. Which is crazy because, why do we? What are we doing with this? I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> Stacking them up, <laughs> pretending oh to be really gosh. intelligent. <laughs> anyway, because there was no census, it's hard to keep record of how many children she might have had that actually died. But it's fairly common knowledge. It was probably three. Mm-hmm. Man, that's that is so rough. Yeah, for all three of them, and it was very. This added to her mystique, like mm, the, the her reputation in the town, I think. Mm. So that's hard on you, you know? She she might have been just a real nice lady that went through some really terrible I don't tragedies. Know. So she was accused of being a witch. Of course she okay? was. But there was a reason. Okay. It wasn't like, oh my God, I can see that bitch's ankles. Witch. Witch. She's oh, she told her husband. Her eyeball. Witch. She told her husband no. Witch. She talks too much. Well, her and her husband uh, is quoted to say that they had a very loving family. They loved each other. They were good, great humans. Love that. Mm -hmm. Anyway, she still gets accused of being a witch because she was watching an infant. I don't know whose infant it was, but it was an infant nonetheless, probably about a week old. And during her time of taking care of it, it died. Mm. Hmm. And when they had like a little coroner, medical guy, you know, whatever, the, the local doctor, I'm yeah. sure. What did they call him? The Dr. Barber? Yes. Yeah. They did it all. Surgeon Barber or something like that, right? Something Barber? <gasps> we talked about it. I know. It's on the medicine episode. We keep referring back to that episode. I'm going to have to re- re-listen. Yeah. It's something with a barber because they we did all the things. They cut your hair. They were dentists. They were the whole yeah. nine yards. Anyway, they, they did like a, an investigation of the body of the infant. Because it was healthy. I don't know. It was healthy. It was fine before it arrived at Bathsheba's house. It did not come. She did not return it in the condition it was brought in. Yes. So when they were examining the body of the infant, the baby, they noticed a very large hole in its skull, the back of the neck area, and then like with some other like pin dots and stuff like around the the center hole. Ew. So that was the cause of death was, I guess, it severed the spinal cord. Right. That's what I, I'm thinking. So they were like, holy shit. This woman killed this infant. I mean, nobody else could have done it. Well, yeah. I mean, it, they suspected it was from a very large sewing needle. My Which would be is, readily available at that time period. How big of a fucking sewing needle these bitches carried? Well, what it's are probably you sewing? Well, they're using like thicker fabrics. They're, <clears throat> excuse me, they're making everything. I mean, I know they're making everything, <clears throat> but like I've seen 
I don't know. I'm thinking like a crochet needle in my brain is what I'm thinking. Yeah, I'm. I think that's probably pretty accurate. Like if you're making things for either your household, which they had to, I'm sure the fabric was thicker. Or if they're, she's probably got something like that at home. Is what I'm saying. So, anyway, they accuse her of being a witch because they think that she had sacrificed not only this child but her other three children to the devil. Oh my god. We went from zero to sixty in two point five, my boy. Yeah. So this, <clears throat> this, there was some other characteristics to her character that also dip, that like played a part in why they thought she was a Satanist. But in reality, she went to the First Baptist Church in town. She did all these other things. But I mean, that don't mean nothing. Everybody puts up a front. She um, also was like super uh, abusive to her staff. Like I did read that. Like yeah, she, she would, was not a nice lady. She was really hateful to anybody who worked under her, yelling, sometimes hitting. She was mean yeah um so they thought they're like oh my god devil worshiper right creep yeah her husband doesn't make a statement this entire time which i think is very strange interesting not even on her behalf um, he says nothing. I, I, I assumed he was like hey please don't kill my wife she's on a winch yeah but this is the crazy part to me and this is why i think the bitch might have been a witch mm. oh shit was <laughs> sorry I'm trying to adjust here um <laughs> she was uh found not guilty in the 1800s of Which being a witch wild you know why she was found not guilty because they lacked evidence huh they had the infant and i'm sure if they looked hard enough they'd find the weapon that was used they lacked evidence of her being a true witch Granted, it's not the 1600s when everybody was getting caught on fire. You know, it's still pretty but early it's on. Still, it they. It's a small town. Mm-hmm. And she's a woman, right? And probably really did something bad to this infant, right? And was let off scot free. That does seem kind of witchy to it me. Seems a little witchy. I mean, I feel like all the people who were you know killed for being a witch were not witches. But this woman just gets off scot-free after having, like, like she was kind of a murderer. Yeah. Mm. So, I mean, we're not exactly sure. And we also don't know that she killed her children. But people widely believe in the town after this that she was the reason her children did not live past a specific age. Right. Because she was doing some weird shit with her kids. Yes. I don't know how Herman Sherman, baby, yeah. got out of there. That is strange. I think maybe it was just... I wonder if her other children were female or male. Like, I wonder if that had something to do with it. It did not, because they didn't do his senses. They don't have any sexes of any of the... Because that would make sense if, if like, she did have some sort of, like, mental problem. Like, maybe she was, like, I needed a son and didn't get a son until him. I don't know. I don't know what it was. Maybe she was just like, I've had enough. Yeah. You know, maybe she did everything she needed to do to get to the point she needed to be. If she was a witch, I don't know. I just don't feel like that's the kind of witchcraft that like 90% of Wiccans practice. <laughs> yeah. Well, that's a completely different thing. Yeah. Yeah. So anyway, she gets out scot-free and then lives to be, I don't know, in her seventies and dies of natural causes. Yeah. A very long life. Yeah. Which is wild. Mm-hmm. Um, so in The Conjuring, they say that Bathsheba is haunting the land because she was accused of being a witch okay so she's angry she's mad you know fighting the power and all really Mm -hmm. just gets you worked up yeah 
she lost all her children. She's done all these things. Mm-hmm. And in retaliation for some, I don't really remember the reason why, because I, I haven't seen the movie in a long time. Anyway, they think that she hung is, herself in the backyard in this giant oak tree and cursed the land for all future inhabitants and generations that will always, that would live there to always have problems. Mm-hmm. So, and this is from the film. This is from the film. It was, um, they had like some basis for it because that's what the townspeople of that area have been speaking about. Right. But Bathsheba did not hang herself. She was not one of the Arnolds that did that. And she died of natural causes. So let's just make sure that everybody, you know. She did not do that. No. No. She died of natural causes. But these Perone people believe that she was one of the spirits. Well, that, yes, they thoroughly, but that's what Ed Lorraine told them. Mm -hmm. So. Interesting. They cast her out of the home okay i don't know to you know the vivid details of it because you can't it's hard to find like the actual true story because i guess 90 percent of the perone family um were like we're making money yeah so we're gonna go with whatever we need to go with and i get it i mean i mean yeah i get it but andrea in all of her books she says it's very everything that happened in the movie is very close to what actually happened in real life it was terrifying it was mm-hmm. traumatic and she's been the only one, her and another sibling, another sister, I think, that has passed or something happened. She's not involved in a lot of stuff anymore. I didn't want to dig too deep in that because I didn't really, sorry, I didn't care. Um, no. Uh, they were the only ones that would ever really speak about it. Right. And in 1980, they finally just was like, we're done. Let's get out. Because even though they got rid of the malevolent spirit, the daughters were so traumatized, they could not stay there anymore. Yeah. And when the, I think that, the Warrens didn't really help the situation because they came in, right? Because they saw that there was something happening and they're like, Hey, we can just become more infamous, you know? So they come in and they come, they make several attempts to contact the spirits. And at one point, um, Lorraine decides she's going to do a seance. And And this is like the bad, this is like the, uh, the nail in the coffin. We would say, so she's attempting to contact these spirits who are like attacking and possessing the daughters and the family just, you know, constantly during the seance, Carolyn Perone became possessed. Carolyn, that's her name. Carolyn. Yeah. So she became possessed. She was speaking in tongues and the chair itself was said to have lifted off the ground with her in it. Yeah. And Andrea was one of the daughters. She wasn't supposed to be there. She said that she was watching from outside the room. Like she was snuck in. She was like, what is all this commotion? And she was little. She was like, I think she's the youngest. And so she's quoted to say, like, I thought I was going to pass out watching this. She's like, her mother began to speak this language. She's never heard this. She said her voice was not her mother's. And Carolyn was just going off. Like she, her chair was levitating. And then towards the end of the seance, when Lorraine is trying to cast out this evil entity, Carolyn is thrown in the room like thrown yeah and after the seance roger the dad he was like get the hell out of my house he kicks the warrens out he's like do not come back here get out and they were so concerned about carolyn's mental health like i think that's what triggered the move yeah and because it had just been constant and according to andrea the family lived in the house because they didn't really have the finances to move anywhere like she said we didn't have the money to go but they were finally able to move in 1980 so they had been wanting to move this whole time but it just took them like a normal family to save up so they could go somewhere else well when i was reading it um apparently like him and ed got into an argument Mm -hmm. after he threw them out Mm mm-hmm 
Which makes sense because from what I've read about Mr. Ed, he Why was pretty volatile. Arguing? Yeah. Also, I, I'm i not discrediting their findings or them because I don't know them. And, you know, he's passed and I can't speak to him. Right. But I don't think he was a demonologist. I think he was no. just somebody that was interested in stuff and was trying to do stuff that was beyond his capabilities. Yes. I think <clears throat> Lorraine probably has something going on. Yeah. I mean, you got to have a little something. You can't just like conduct a seance. I feel like. Right. And Lorraine did say specifically, like, because I think in the film there is like an exorcism they try yeah. to that She's like, no, absolutely not. She's like, we would have never attempted an exorcism because they weren't Catholic priests. She's like, you don't do that. Well, even um, a demonologist, them doing a seance and him just being like, I'm going to identify it is, I think, inappropriate. I think if you're having these types of things, mm-hmm. you should call whoever you need the ghostbusters the fucking catholic church you need to call somebody because obviously this is bad yeah and i feel like um he was not prepared for what they came and it did say after the same like when the family finally left the spirits like just kind of went dormant so i don't nobody else to hang out with right like so I think that the Warrens just kind of stirred it up, like stir the pot. I think they, I wholeheartedly, I've always thought this. I feel like, especially when you watch like the rest of their movies and like Annabelle and stuff, and then like you do your own research on that kind of stuff. It just seems like even like ghost hunters and ghost adventurers, when they're like, oh, we're going to go try to help these people be free. You don't know what the hell you're doing. No. I mean, I love to go ghost hunting. Yes. I I like to, I want to see something. I want to see something like a spook. Yeah. Yeah. Be like, great. I like to be scared. That way. Like, I like to be... It's a thrilling and thing. And it's cool, I think. I don't know. I just... It, it intrigues me. It doesn't matter why it intrigues me. It just does. Yeah. But that's the same level, I think, that Ed and Lorraine were at. And they were just... But they were supposedly supposed to help them. When really, they're they just really experimenting, I feel like. Yeah, yeah. They're just like... Testing the waters. Poking stuff. I, yes. That's the perfect thing. Yeah. Poking the bears. What they, they were, were doing. They were just like... Mm-hmm. what does this do and i think What's that if lorraine is actually contacting these spirits or these entities and she's able to make a connection my first thought would be if you feel a negative spirit or something that is like demonic level this is when we need a cleansing situation but they in the movie they claimed that Bathsheba was the um was a demonic presence right mm. because of everything you know that mm-hmm. she'd been doing it supposedly in her past. And that's what Lorraine said in the actual haunting. She was saying Bathsheba was the one who was possessing the daughter. Yes. And she was the one I'm, who had... This reminds me of the Bell Witch Cave on so yes. many different fucking levels. Yes. Yeah. Mainly because... A oh, witch is involved? No. Oh, yeah. A witch is involved. But I think the Bell Witch Cave has more credibility because mm-hmm. Homegirl really was a witch. That's true. Yeah. And she was like... I'm a witch. I don't mm-hmm. care. Yeah. And she terrorized that family. Yeah. She was like, I'm going to terrorize you, everybody, even when I'm dead. You know, I do think, though, that, okay, Beth Sheba wasn't a nice woman, right? I mean, there's a lot of bitches in the world. Well, what I'm saying is, like, I don't think that she was, if she did terrible things to her children, I mean, that's one thing. But, like, if if we just don't have the records right and she was just an ordinary old lady who passed away, she still may cause some trouble in the afterlife. You know what I mean? Sometimes yeah. spirits are angry and sometimes they just want to be heard. I'm going to be telling you right now, if I'm a ghost, if I don't get to go straight up or straight down, hopefully not down, but if I <laughs> get to go up and they're like, Hey, lateral transfer. Just, yeah. Just, you gotta, you gotta sit here for a minute. I'm going to be like, what the fuck? You're going to be mad. Yeah. I'm not mad. I'm just going to be like, I'm going to take advantage of this opportunity and, and see i'll what be I can back get in a little into. while 
Um, you call me when you're ready. Yeah. I'm always ready. Yeah. But you're just gonna be adventuring. Yeah, I'm gonna go start up some mischief. I'm if you're still alive, you better pray this doesn't happen. (laughs) I love that. Love that for me. Oh, what's that moaning and banging? There's like chains and stuff upstairs. Yeah, I'm haunted. You know the freaking ghost from Scooby-Doo when they're in that castle and they got the chains? Yes. And they're terror. They used to terrify me when I was little. That's gonna be me. I love that. Perfect. Scooby-Doo reference. I'll know exactly who it is. I'll know exactly. So the Conjuring House is still very much like a spectacle, right? Yeah. And people still to this day are very interested in going. And I'll be honest with you, I'm kind of interested in going. Yeah, I want to go check bad. it out. Okay, so the Heinzen family, they were paranormal investigators from Maine, and they bought this location in Rhode Island, this farmhouse, back in 2019. So before that, it had changed hands a couple times. I know you have some things about it changing hands, but it pretty much, people would buy it, they would move immediately. They would. Nobody pur- ever lived in it, really. No, they would purchase the home, and they're like, nah, I gotta go. Like, I'm not into this. I don't know what they were ready, like expecting. Right. But I don't think, actually, I know... They don't have to disclose a haunting in certain states. Well, d- before the Perone family bought it, the Arnold family was being haunted as well. Oh. That so. owned it mm-hmm. beforehand. I think it was the Arnolds that still owned it then. And when they went to go buy it, they were not, they did not disclose any of that information to them. Yeah. And I don't think that they have to in Rhode Island. I don't think that that's part of Do it. Do you have to in Georgia? Some states, yeah, you have to say, like, there has been some, like, yeah, for real. And really? if there's been a murder in the home, some states don't require you to say if there's been a murder in the home whereas some do would you stay in a house where somebody would have murdered i'm gonna tell you that the vibe's probably gonna be off for me it's gonna okay. be hard for me to like just relax what if you could just like walk through the house and like oh my god i fucking love this place like trevor let's buy it i mean if i never got a negative feeling sure let's no go. like you're just walking through and you're like yeah mm, love i want to buy this and then the realtor is like uh, there's second. a catch <laughs> it's so cheap because oh. a wife murdered her husband in here interesting but you never got a bad vibe but what if that then you were like well now i feel something well yeah well then i wouldn't trust myself if all of a sudden i'm feeling things when i think I was you told. just because of who you are as a person i think you would make yourself feel something oh because gosh, you would yeah. be uncomfortable i can literally make anything happen to my body heart <laughs> attacks got them <laughs> i've got it you know explosive you know diarrhea got it got it i can make it happen <laughs> um but I, I would totally have the house cleansed like professionally we'd call in everybody we'd i would knock need all to know the, the manner of the death like I, I would need to know like how she did it where she did it why would you need to know that because it was in like my bedroom i'll be pissed I, i'm not buying it yeah i don't want to sleep where it happened also yeah. i want to know that everything's been changed out everything's on the up and up yeah like, like i don't did want we some clean carpet it laid or did we landlord it okay like <laughs> what happened <laughs> that's the truth that's the truth so let's get back into it okay so they bought the house in 2019 and they were paranormal investigators and they were very into the home right and they decided they were going to sell the home again they're like we're kind of getting out of the business it's been a lot (laughs) getting out of the business yeah they're getting out of the business well they said that it was important that anybody who owned this home to be careful how long you stayed in the home so this shouldn't be your main home yeah i'd like just like for the weekend yeah or yeah, yeah. like how long you owned it yeah so the woman who bought it after them her name was Jacqueline Nunez and she said that she came to this house and she was like I just have to have this she was like I was so intrigued she said that she loves paranormal things like ever since she was young and she's like super curious about all of it like she's all in okay 
Um, she says she's a deeply spiritual person and it's very, it's a very important part to her, you know, and she believes that, uh, conscious beings, that their human experience is tied to where they, where Bro, they live. Fucking deja vu. Ew. I Get feel like you literally have said this. Like I, I don't know what just happened. Mm. Ugh. I hate that. Um, anyway, where was I? Conscious beings. Yes. She thinks that it's your consciousness continues on and it's very important to her that she's able to connect with these people because she really wants to engage with them. She really wants to for it. Yeah. She really wants to reach out. So the, the globe reported that Nunes paid 1.5 million for the haunted house. That was 27% higher than the asking price of 1.2. So there must've been a bidding war. Okay. And she got that. She got the house in the end. And Nunez vowed to continue this paranormal business. She was like, I want to keep going. Okay. And she says that guests are able to come and do tours and there's night tours and there's live streamed events. And she wants to be involved in all of this because the, the Heinzens were very involved in all of it. Like they would come to all of the things trying to gather evidence. Yeah, but look how long they owned it before they were so overwhelmed. They retired. Right. In just a few years, like five years, Nunez says that she is, she views them as like, I don't even know, paranormal leaders. She was like, I am so proud of them. They've done this place justice is what she was saying. I'm a little concerned for her. Yeah. She's very into it. Like everything she says. I'm into it, but I'm also a rational human. That's true. That's true. There is a, so the Heinzens, like I said earlier, have a specific rule. And they told anybody interested in buying the home to make sure that you don't spend all of your time in this house. Like this should not be your primary residence. Because if you are able to stay there over a year, you're not supposed to live there year round. It's dangerous, they said. It's, it's not a good thing. So you want me to spend 1.2, two, uh, that was the original price, right? $1.2 mm-hmm. $1. million mm-hmm. on a home. 1.5 she's what she paid. Uh, yeah. I know, but she paid $1.5 million yeah. to go down the driveway and be like, mm, I love this place. I can't go in right now because, you know, it's at that time of year. Yeah. Well, yeah, I, I like, guess what it's the just fuck? so you don't just become overwhelmed with it. So right. you, I don't need a Surgeon General's warning for a home. I mean, she can do what she wants, right? She said the energy there is so powerful and that's why they kind of, they put that protection. They they offered, they said, do this. It's your home. You do you. But we're saying for your protection, I would do this. Right. I love it. For my protection. I love this. Like, this is creeping me, you know? And my son, it's pissing me off. And then after she signed that paperwork, she was in within that week. So she, do you think you could live somewhere else on the property and be fine? I don't know. I mean, I'm assuming. Or is it just the property itself that has, it's carrying all of this negative energy? That's what I'm saying. Like, do you think like you could build a home like on the opposite end of the farmhouse? Mm -hmm. The actual conjuring house, excuse Mm -hmm. me. And well, it's no longer 200 acres, right? Like you said that they had sold land when it was changing hands. No, no. It used to be a larger plot than 200. They was just like dividing it was because they had like little plantations and stuff when the original founder of the land in 1736 that mm-hmm. built the home, he did all this crazy stuff to, and like, um, he was fighting for religious freedom because that was when we were still under British rule. Right. So he like left Massachusetts, went to Rhode Island and started like these little mini towns and it was still 200 acres. Okay. As far as I know, I don't know how much it, I mean, I think it is currently. I don't know either. I don't either. Something we need to look up. So, um, let me look. Nunez 
said she hasn't felt anything unusual in the home yet. She's looking forward to some sort of experience. Um, she said, I don't believe any of the energy here is malevolent. And she thinks that nothing here is meant to harm her. And she's really looking forward to having some sort of ghostly experience. I think she probably doesn't feel anything bad because what was bad is probably gone now. It's probably like scooted and booted out, bro. Mm-hmm. Well, you know how negative entities, if you're a believer in that, oh my they God. like to do some tag alongs, you know? It's only eight acres now. Yeah, she that's what I thought. 1.2 mm-hmm. that includes eight acres. Mm-hmm. It had been chopped down because it was passed on, you know? Yeah. I mean, from 1980 to when the Heinzes people purchased it, it had been cut down. They were selling off the land, which makes sense. I mean, not many people are going to be able to maintain 200 acres or want 200 acres. I would love that. Yeah, me too. I would love that. So you're still able to take guided tours, like I said earlier. They, You can go during the day. But this is what I, why I wanted to include this. Because they're, you're allowed to go, but you have to make sure that you are not investigating when you are not supposed to investigations are strictly prohibited if you're going on a daytime tour and not going on like a investigation labeled thing they're like absolutely not you are not allowed to do that also children are allowed to go to the home but if you are under the age of 18 your parents must sign a waiver in order for you to even go into the property so you tell me i I mean that's creepy okay i love that i want to go so bad put that rule in my house some people, um, you can also go and spend the night there. So there's other tours where you stay the night and you do investigations throughout the entire night. And sometimes they even do a seance here and there. I read while I was doing my research, I came across a woman, uh, she's probably about our age and she had just, she'd heard about the conjuring house. Like we all have. And she was super interested. And she's like, all her friends got together and like, we're going to go spend the night and we're going to go investigate. And she's like, Oh my gosh, no, she ends up going right. No. <laughs> yeah. That's, that's me. <laughs> <laughs> I'm totally down. No. I don't want to go. <laughs> um, so they end up going and she said it was one of the most exciting. She had terrifying experiences of her life. Right. So she goes in and she said they do all of the things. Right. They have all the equipment out. They're doing stuff. She said, but you hear things constantly. She was like, you hear like footsteps, you hear knocking, the occasional whisper, like walk by you. And she said she almost chickened out in the middle of the night and went and stayed in her car. She's like, but we pushed through it. And she said, when I saw daylight, she was like, I wanted to kiss the ground. She was like, it was, it was pretty, it was pretty scary for her. Yeah, but nothing like big happened? No, 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 no possessions or chairs flying I mean, I don't want a possession to happen, but I'd love to see a chair just get A spirit box session. A lot of people talk about how the lots of negative things are said on a spirit box like when they go in and investigate and i'll tell you what those things are scary okay i don't like the and then just random voices pop in it gives me the heebies okay can you imagine just sitting in this house it's already scary as all get out and you hear and it's just like i want to suck your blood or, or it's something. like <laughs> chicken nugget yeah <laughs> that would make things a lot easier on that me, would honestly. be me as a ghost yeah it's chick-fil-a still a thing what about that chocolate milk? <laughs> yeah. Um, um, blah, blah, blah. On the property itself, they have two, like, famous ghosts, I guess, that are still um, hanging out, saying, what's up, mm-hmm. you know? And... Or at least two spirits that they've kind of, like, named. And yeah, given. they named them. I'm, I'm sure there's other ones. Yeah. But these two are the 
uh, particular ones that people mainly speak about. So the first one is um, Abigail. She was the daughter of a woman named Martha Hopkins and Sylvanus Cook. I don't know really why she was why she's there. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And strange. they just think it's her because of like... The... She said her name was Abigail, yeah. Oh, gotcha. So and that's she... the only Abigail they could tie to the property. Yeah, so she married John Arnold. Oh, that's why she was there. Because she was an Arnold. <laughs> Interesting. Yeah, I wish I could read. <laughs> I wish you could. <laughs> anyway, every day so is a new day. She married John Arnold in 1795 when she was 19. And they lived at the estate where John was a farmer. Get this, guys. They had 14 kids. Hmm. In 22 years. Bless her heart. Yeah. God bless her. I'm carrying one currently, and I'm really questioning get my tubes tied. (laughs) (laughs) They had to work the land, you know. (laughs) I mean, I got land and everything, but like, Mm -mm, I'd rather. a lot on your body. (laughs) Blah. 22 years, 14 kids. It's a long time without a glass of wine. That's a long. Well, you know, it's probably forbidden for a woman to partake. Actually, they were just drinking when they were pregnant, Taylor. Yeah, but did you know that they drank so much like back in the day because water was not very No, healthy. the content of alcohol was nothing. Yeah. No. Yes. Anyway, Abigail loved to cook and make little fruit preserves in the cellar. She died at 93. Oh, so she's probably just a precious Yeah, little... she's really nice. They. Uh, she remains a resident of the house and often warns guests to get out of the basement where... The bad spirits tend to hang out. So she's like the warning, like the yeah, alarm she's system. Like, Please get out of here. Be safe. I love she that. She also asks that all guests visit with respect. Makes sense. Which is very, a little weird. I don't know. This is weird. I don't know. I mean, a woman maintaining her household. She doesn't want people messing it up. Yeah. And the next one is a man. This guy's yeah. bad, isn't he? I don't know, Stephanie. Um, you don't know? I don't know. <laughs> Yeah, they call him Matthew. Um, Matthew never lived at the house. Uh, Matthew, uh, a guy named Jonathan, and a few others went towards a light they saw ended up at the house. He liked it, so he visits often. He died in 1888 when he was 27. Mm. And he was married at the time of his death. I don't know why that matters. But he was. I mean, good for him. He had a little strange before he died. Yeah. He is uh, said to be really fun. And caring to others and jokes that it's weird that women wear pants and what? Like he's funny and he asks a lot of questions about stuff like he's like a normal, a normal guy that's trapped on the other side. Like That's weird. Hey, what do you think of music nowadays? <laughs> and that's he enjoys the piano and he does not like cell phones. He thinks they're witchcraft. Would make sense. He likes being a part of the house, and he likes when guests come to see them. I guess it get pretty boring there, you know. Yeah, I'm sure it's just like him and Beelzebub in the basement. <laughs> Bathsheba. Oh, Bathsheba. And then you got Abigail. She's like, wipe your feet. And he's like, God, I need a friend. So... All in all, I'm thinking the Conjuring House is on our list of places that we need to visit because that would be so fun. And I also think this place is truly haunted. Oh, I think it's totally haunted. Yeah. Yeah. So if you guys have ever been to the Conjuring House, please send us an email. 
DM us. We want to know. We want to know if you guys have experienced anything like this. Well, thanks for stopping by. This is True to Secrets Podcast. We really <laughs> enjoyed this episode. We hope um, you did too. So we'll see you next time. Bye. bye. Make sure you follow us on our Instagram account, sisterhood underscore of underscore secrets, and our Facebook page, Sisterhood of Secrets. If you would like to share any of your spooky or unexplained encounters, email us at sisterhoodsecrets1 at gmail. Don't forget to like and subscribe. Bye for real.